Hello, hello. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, flew away from Massachusetts though, which is sad. But yeah. Be back soon. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a story for you, uh, a little paranormal one, which should be really fun. Oh. Um, I actually really enjoyed this story, and it's from our favorite place on Earth, Edinburgh. Oh, nice, nice. So we love to see it. Um, but without further ado, let's get right into it. I'm Sonia. I'm Maddie. And welcome to Grim. Woo! So, when you were in Edinburgh, did you ever go to the Edinburgh Playhouse? No. The Edinburgh Playhouse? No. Playhouse Theatre. I didn't know. I didn't hear about that. Oh, well, it's the second largest theatre in the UK, actually. It would, like, oh. I think it's um, a little bit more than 3,000 seats. Oh, was it, like, um, live theatre? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, a little bit more than 3,000 seats. Um, the largest theatre in the UK is the Hammersmith Apollo in London. Mm. So, you know, I feel like that makes sense. But I'm proud of us for having the second largest theatre. Yeah. Um, and actually, when it was designed by John Fairweather, it was modeled after the Roxy Cinema in New York. But when it was made, it was described as, quote, tons of ivory and stone predominate on walls, and the roof is decorated with bands of pale green leaves intersected with golden intervals. The seats in front of the different parts of the house have been upholstered to harmonize with the general scheme of the decoration. The organ fronts are in a Venetian style, and the clock settings, which are square, are neat and attractive, end quote. Um, so it really does seem quite beautiful. Yeah. Um, and it is. I've seen the outside of it. I've never been inside, but the outside is very nice. Where is it? Um, if I remember correctly, it's just past, like, not in Leith, but, like, close to Leith. Oh, okay. It's, like, on Leith Walk. Um, you know where, like, the Omni Center is, the movie theater and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, right by there. Oh, And there's always, like, a big line outside of it at night. Interesting. It's Maybe quite I did nice. walk by it. And just yeah, I feel it. like it's one of those things that you walk by a lot, but unless you're going specifically for live theater, mm-hmm. it's not one of those things that, like, you you go to, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it is, it is very nice. Um... So as you can probably imagine, the Playhouse is kind of the area for the biggest shows and, you know, like the prime space for like up and coming actors and actresses as they got, you know, bigger over the years and stuff like that. And um, the reason that I wanted to tell you about it today was because it actually has its very own haunting legend, Um, as most places in Edinburgh do, honestly. And most theaters, I feel like, too. Yeah, I think theaters are just, like, a hot spot for paranormal activity. Mm -hmm. Because we've talked about a few. Yeah. Like, the one in in America. Um, But, yeah, um, before I get into, like, the actual haunting and stuff like that, I should say that this area, like, in Edinburgh, this specific place, has actually been a few different things over the years. Um... The site was, I think, first an open-air theater in the 14th century. Hmm. And apparently, the remains of that theater are still, like, underneath the car park of the Playhouse to this day. Oh, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, I don't think you can go visit them. I think they kind of, like, built it over the remains, yeah. but, like, but they're still, still there. Yeah. 
Um, and I like the fact that it was an open air theater and that it's like a big theater now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, at one point it was also a tabernacle, which I learned was the word describing a religious meeting site. Um, I think it's, I think it's a great word. Like, it's just, you know, it's just one of those words. It is a fun word. Um, and, um, it was also apparently at one point an insane asylum that was run by nuns. Hmm. Um, so lots of energy there. I feel like any sort of asylum is like, like, yeah, hospital too. Yeah. A hospital or an asylum is a breeding ground. Yeah. For the energy that causes ghosts. Um, and then before that, like, before anything was really built on the area, it was a jousting arena in medieval times. Oh. Right? So apparently the entirety of the valley was gifted to the people of Edinburgh by King James II of Scotland, so they could use it for jousting and entertainment. Hmm. And then I guess they, like, made a bunch of other (laughs) things on the land, because it was, like, now officially part of Edinburgh and they could build on it. Um... And around this time, when the land was being gifted to Edinburgh, there was this legend that started going around, which was this tale of a colonel from the king's army who attempted to leave the capital and ended up being hanged for his crimes. So, like, from the beginning, I think it was this kind of area that has all of this energy mm-hmm. around it. Um, so the theater itself that we know today the Playhouse Theater, opened on August 12th, 1929, and it was a quote-unquote state-of-the-art cinema. I believe it. It's gorgeous. Um, But it has always been, you know, conducive to this sort of paranormal activity, and I think, as I mentioned before, it's probably because of its past and the area that it's built on itself. Mm -hmm. Um, The real, like, paranormal activity began to be reported in the 1950s and it was this report of a man in gray who was called old albert and he just began to pop up for a lot of different people they started talking about seeing him this i think is really interesting the first ever report of albert was actually made by the city police oh and, right yeah that is i feel like we never get that yeah um but yeah so they ended up being called to the site for this reported break-in and they inspected the building to search for any sign of said reported break-in. So one of the officers was investigating the area, and he found that the stage door was open. So he went in to secure the building, because that's what they were called to do, and he found himself on level six. And that's where he ran into a man in gray overalls. And this man introduced himself as Albert, saying that he was the stage doorkeeper, and that he hadn't really seen any like suspicious activity so the police officer decided to head back to the station after that because he found no sign of the break-in and apparently albert like assured him that he would lock up afterwards so everything was okay what's so wild to me is like if i mean i'm assuming this is the ghost but like that could have just been a random person who broke in and was like oh no i'm (laughs) (laughs) you know honestly like if that was a random person who broke in and then like played it off as being a ghost props to them well, but the police didn't know that it was a ghost, right? They thought it was a person. Yeah. So, like, you know, they could have just committed a crime <laughs> and gotten away with it. I guess people tend to trust men in overalls. I don't know. <laughs> men in overalls are inherently trustworthy, obviously. I, yeah, like, clearly this police officer was like, yeah, that's a good guy. 
That's funny. No one introduces themselves as Albert and is a big <laughs> robber. Yeah. But yeah, so the next day, this police officer went back to the playhouse just to make sure that everything was, you know, still okay and that everyone was fine. And he ran into the manager and he explained that he had been there the night before because of this reported break-in and had spoken to the the doorkeeper. And at that point, the manager was apparently visibly baffled and then said that there was nobody on the staff who fit that description. Um, There's also another version of the story where the officer apparently returned to the police station after investigating the break-in, only to find out that, like, there was not ever a reported call for a break-in. Um, that's spooky. That is spooky. And honestly, that's even more spooky than just seeing the ghost. Because yeah. this is like a seeing a ghost and being like there was actually no call. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's I would not like that to happen to me. But anyway, since this initial report, people who have worked in the Great Halls and like who've been around the, the corridors and everything of the building have just reported a lot of strange or kind of unsettling things that happen on a fairly regular basis. Um, the main thing that people talk about is, like, mysterious noises or feeling hands on their shoulders when nobody's around them. Um, some people apparently hear a spectral orchestra playing in the middle of the night. Oh. I don't know what that has to do with Albert, but it's pretty spooky. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know, like, noise, or like, reports of noises and lights turning on and off. Someone reported a tape recorder flying across the stage. Um, the taps in the bathroom turning on, that kind of stuff. Um, there was actually a report from some ghost hunters who reported that they had like tape recorders with them that worked completely fine before they entered level six. And when they entered level six, the only thing that they recorded was static. And then it was totally fine after leaving. Hmm. So honestly, like that makes me believe it. <sighs> Tech malfunctions yeah. that just happen on level six. That's true. I don't know. Um, one of the articles I read had this like person investigating, and they went to take notes on the area. And so they entered level six, and by take notes I mean like like pen on paper taking mm-hmm. notes. They entered level six and said that the air felt heavy, as if it was kind of pressing down on them, and then the pen stopped working. And the refill that they had carried with them burst. Oh. Right? Like, if anything, that, along with the tape recorder, someone doesn't want them on level six. Yeah. Um, And then along with that, of course, like, the reports of seeing a mysterious shadowy figure in a gray suit lurking around a room on level six is kind of where they got Albert from, I think. But wasn't he wearing overalls? I think, like, suit, like a... Like oh, yeah, a, like a work suit. Yes, like a work suit is the vibe I got. Okay. Yeah. Um, thank you for understanding that <laughs> with my lack of knowledge of words at the moment. No, nah, I guess. Um, <laughs> so, Keith Donald was one man in a very long line of stage doorkeepers, and he basically said that nobody needs to even, like, try and convince him that the place is haunted. He... <laughs> knows that there's something unnatural about the building, about it's a really spooky little basement, it's a labyrinth of corridors, like, there's something, there's something paranormal here. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually said, quote, 
One night, I'd gone all the way up to the North Tower and across the stage, and as usual, my dog Meg was with me. I was just about to go up the steps of the South Tower when I realized Meg wasn't with me. I looked back, and she was just sitting there, staring. I went back and tried to encourage her, but she wouldn't move. So I put her lead on and tried to get her to come with me. But she literally went rigid, looked at me, and then to the top of the stairs, and then back at me as she started moaning and whining. That was enough for me. The South Tower didn't get checked that night, end quote. Fair enough. Yeah. You know, if if my dog did that, I would also immediately know. Yeah. Immediately know. I trust my dog. <sighs> um, he also had another experience that he told reporters about. And to preface this, apparently the lights in the theater are, like, kept on overnight. Like, all of them. They don't get turned off. It's like a waste of energy, but right. yeah, I think this is a while ago. I don't think this is recent. Oh, okay. Um, but basically, he said, "Quote: One day, I just stepped into the foyer and I felt something. There was no way to describe it other than I knew I was being watched. There are two sets of doors from the foyer to the auditorium, and there is a light in between them. As I approached the first set of doors, I realized it was dark between them. I went to investigate, but as I got closer, the light suddenly came on." Chills began to run down my spine as I realized that the darkness which had blocked the light had moved to the auditorium. The closer I got to it, the further it receded. Terrified by this time, I was determined to find out what it was, so I forced myself to go into the auditorium. The stage box was lit as normal, but the stage left box was shrouded at about 5% of its usual output, and I got this awful feeling that someone didn't want me to be there, end quote. Oh, that's freaky. Yeah. That's like something straight out of a horror movie, I think. Mm-hmm. Like the like the lights that just turn on and off as you walk into them, so there's always darkness ahead of you. Yeah. I don't like it. Um, the maintenance manager, Billy Kapner, also told reporters about his experience there, saying, quote, I remember once I got called to fix the leak on level nine. That's basically an attic that runs across the auditorium. No one goes there except us. When I got there, both manual and emergency lighting wouldn't work, so I get up my torch. I found the leak. The minute I knelt down to fix it, I had this weird feeling over me, crushing me, watching what I was doing. I've never fixed a leak so fast in my life. When I got back to the office, I asked who had reported this leak. To this day, we never found out. And that's giving me no reported break-in vibes. Yeah. (laughs) I also love how British people call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it sounds so much cooler. Yeah, it, it's cute. Yeah. <laughs> like, flashlight just sounds so boring, but like, get out the torch. Like, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, here's this part, like, this kind of freaks me out a little bit because I, like I said, animal intuition, I trust that. Um, but going back to Keith Donald's dog Meg not wanting to go into the South Tower. Apparently, there was this incident with the Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting in 1997 where they were, like, talking to these police security advisors and I guess the police bomb dogs had been, like, clearing each level for bombs. And they got this call that was basically to tell them that the dogs wouldn't even enter the rooms on level six. Oh, God. Like, it was kind of a joke at the time, but they were all like, oh, it's Albert, like, freaking the dogs out. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it's just, it got to a point where, like, the dogs just wouldn't go in to clear the room. Oh. That they were like, you know what? Like, I believe them. Yeah. Um, 
and they had to bring in army dogs to clear the like, the entire level because like the police dogs just wouldn't do it. Um, and the reason that they brought the army dogs in was because apparently that the army dogs are based in the castle, and as you know, the castle is like haunted. Mm-hmm. So I guess the army dogs are just more used to the paranormal and the spirit, so they were able to go into their room and clear it out. Love that. And honestly, like, what a vibe. <laughs> like, could you imagine being like, yeah, the police dogs are too scared of the ghosts, let's call in the, the dogs that are used to the ghosts. <laughs> They're probably <laughs> live with the ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just think that's so funny. Yeah. But it also, like, it makes me believe it, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know, I just trust it more. Um, all right so the other person i want to tell you about is mark smelly who has worked at the playhouse for over 25 years um the article that mentioned him was being written in 2014 so i'm not sure if he's still there or like if he had retired um but during his time there he apparently heard a lot of stories and had a few run-ins with albert himself Mm. um Something that I just want to say here is that the article made it very clear that despite, like, hearing these stories and physically having these, like, interactions with Albert, he apparently still insists that he doesn't believe in ghosts. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. But, um... Yeah. Yeah. Um... Anyway, even though he has had all this experience with the theater, he still says that no one knows who Albert really ever was. Um, some people think he might be a stagehand who died in a tragic accident, um, maybe a former doorman who died alone at the theater. Mm. There is also a story that Albert was murdered there, which, like, all of those, I think, would make sense and lead to a ghost. Like, Mm -hmm. just in terms of the amount of tragedy. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I kind of found funny about what Mark said about this was that apparently that they don't tell anyone the specific spot that... Albert is said to haunt more frequently than the others because, quote, we might get actors who don't want to go in if they knew which one it was, so we just keep it quiet, end quote. <laughs> Love that. Like, I just found that so funny. Yeah. They're like, they're, it's haunted. I can tell you it's haunted. But uh, you guess which is the haunted spot because <laughs> we're not going to tell you. I would like that, personally. Yeah, I'd want to know. Yeah. I would, I would definitely want to know. For sure. Um, Mark said that the reason that he likely doesn't believe in ghosts is that a lot of the stories, he said, could be just explained by the building being old or, like, a draft or something. The dogs but... don't like the entire floor because the building is old. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> it's, there's something about that floor. And he's like, yeah, the building is old. Like, come on. <laughs> it's definitely haunted. There's something else going on. Um, yeah, so... There are some stories that, like, he told in one of these articles that I think kind of prove it. Um, one of the ones he said is, quote, Bev, who works the front of the house, said she was locking up one night when she saw a man go into one of the dressing rooms. She locked all the other doors and then went to tell him to go. She thought it was just someone who had stayed behind after the show, but when she went into the room, there was no one there, end quote. So, I don't know. I think seeing someone going into a room and then disappearing seems like a ghost to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mark also said, quote, 
I've had riggers, big tough guys, go up to level 6 and then come down white as a sheet after hearing doors banging over and over. They refused to go back up into the tower. I'd known them a long time and they were genuinely terrified." End quote. I don't know how you can witness that and be like, yeah, not haunted. Like, that's a draft. Yeah. <laughs> like, just an old building. Just an old building. Like, just doors banging over and over. <laughs> a draft. Makes sense. Yeah. All right, yeah. Mark. Um, and here's the thing. Mark also said, like, despite being a non-believer, he has reported, like, feeling a cold, damp finger tap him on the shoulder when he was alone in the building. Is that also a draft? <laughs> like, you you can't feel a ghostly hand and be like, oh, it's not a ghost. Yeah, what? Um, he even said, quote, I was really pretty terrified, and I spun around ready to punch whoever it was. I thought someone might have broken into the building, but there was no one there. I don't believe in ghosts, but I can't explain my experiences, which is eerie. But if it is a ghost, it's not a bad ghost. We've never had anything untoward happen, end quote. Like, come on. <laughs> It's not a ghost, but it's just mysteriously spooky. Yeah. What else could it be? Um, Yeah. Anyway, the last thing that I want to mention is that the Playhouse actually named the theater bar Albert's in order, in honor of Albert the Ghost. Aww. So cute. Honestly, I love that. I think that's adorable. Me too. Um, I feel like Edinburgh does it really well, where they, like, really honor the ghosts that live there and then make sure that people know about them and i vibe with it yeah and honestly it's just such a great little city and that's all i can say it it's is. a great place to be i miss it <laughs> same <laughs> um but yeah that's the story that i have for you today i hope you liked it i thought it was a very like kind of short little fun one about some hauntings yeah not too not too heavy um, yeah. But yeah, that is it. Do you have anything else you'd like to say about Albert, or would you like to change the subject? Um, just thank you for the story. Oh, <laughs> anytime. Um, hmm. Changing the subject. Oh, well, a tragedy happened on Friday. <laughs> I got. I got Chick-fil-A for like the first time since I've been back somehow even though it's been months and they gave me my drinks in like a little holder because I got two drinks because you know mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and I was like all right I might as well just like put this on the floor of my car like and just drive carefully because like, I don't want to pull over and like fix you know like put them in my cup holders yeah, and stuff because yeah. I'm lazy mm-hmm. fair <laughs> enough and they were fine all the way home until I pulled into my driveway and then they both spilled all over the floor of my car so <laughs> they tricked you it was really tragic, and I lost all of my iced tea. So it's just the price you pay for the homophobic chicken. <laughs> it really is, I suppose. It was karma. Such a rip, though. Like it's perfectly it good iced tea, perfectly good milkshake. Yeah. What type of milkshake was it? It was the it's their summer flavor is like peach milkshake. Ooh. It was very good. Wait, that sounds good. The half of it that I had left. <laughs> Such a rip. Yeah. Wow. But you yeah. made me want a milkshake, so... Is there a Chick-fil-A near you? <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know. I don't know this area at all. Mm, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, other than that, we had a nice little brunch yesterday, too. So oh, that's good. That's good. So, yeah. That was very fun. I think that's it for me. I miss Massachusetts already. I know. I miss you. <laughs> I miss you, too. <laughs>
<laughs> when you're stuck 3,000 miles away. It's tragic. Tragic. <laughs> um, let's see, do I have any life updates? Yeah, do you have any life updates for us? Oh, I started reading a book called The Oracle Year. Um, I got it off of TikTok, but then the Goodreads review are all like, it's the opposite of chiclet. It's like chiclet for a man. Mm, Um, I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) Like, I don't know exactly what that means, because TikTok was like, this is a fun little sci-fi book about, you know, like a guy who has a dream and has 180 predictions about things that are gonna happen and he like posts them online and then they start gaining traction and of course he uses it as a way to like make money which honestly I would do the same thing so I don't really blame him. <laughs> that sounds um, interesting. Right and apparently it's like a lot of people are like oh it's really good for like the first three quarters of it and then the end is like kind of bad um, but I will let you know how it is. Yes keep, keep um, me updated. I will I will absolutely do that. I also um got some Parmesan truffle fries from the airport. They were eleven dollars. Damn, (laughs) that is not worth it. Sounds less good. Really? That sounds really good though. I mean, they were good. I don't think I'd pay eleven dollars for them. Hmm. Fair enough. You know, but I had like two hours because my flight got delayed. So I was like, where do I go? Like, I just I'll go sit at like a restaurant or something. Mm -hmm. You know. Like, they were good fries, but, like, maybe, like, six bucks. <laughs> I'd pay six bucks for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that is that is it for me. Do you have anything else you'd like to share? I do not. All right. Do you want to spiel us out? Yeah. All right. So you can find us on Instagram at Grim Podcast. You can follow us, like our photos, DM us, and from our profile, there's a button to email us. You can email us at thegrimpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us thoughts on stories we have covered, stories you want us to cover, or life updates of your own. We also have a Twitter, which is Podcast Grim, and a Facebook, which is Grim Podcast. And other than that, just leave us a good review and tell your friends and family about us. Yeah, and we will see you guys next week um, for some true crime from America. And you know what? I've got a list of stories. All of them are kind of horrifying, so (laughs) prepare to be traumatized. As true crime is in America, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, until then, uh stay safe out there. Yeah. Bye. Bye.